Thank you guys so much for listening to the Family Worship Center podcast. This podcast is our weekly messages that happen at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday here at Family Worship Center. Don't forget to check out our website at myfwc.tv and follow us on all social media. If one of these messages touched you in some way, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us on our website or on any of our social media pages. Simply put, we exist to partner with God in changing the quality of families' lives. We hope you enjoy this message. One faith, one baptism, look at this, all ones, no confusion, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. So the walk of unity focuses on the oneness of God and who He is, and who his faith is, and walking in that power of unity. Then verse 7, it says this, But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended upon high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. So when Jesus ascended from the grave, and he went to be seated at the right hand of the Father, and to apply the blood, his blood to the mercy seat so the, the, the Doors of heaven are open to us. The veil has been rent. It said he led captivity captive. So captivity was basically the people who died before Jesus came and paid the price to open the doors of heaven. And they were waiting in a place called paradise, which was an upper tier of hell where there was no pain and sorrow. They're waiting. They're waiting for the Messiah. That's why we're not waiting for him to come and do. He's waiting for us to do. He's waiting for us to step into places. He's waiting for us to carry on. They waited in faith. When he arose, he went and spoke to all those in captivity who had believed by faith of his coming and said, let's go home. So he led them toward heaven. And while he's leading them toward heaven, Moses and David and Deborah, his own mother Mary, he's he's leading those people to heaven because the blood of Jesus is the only thing that opens doors of heaven. He is the way, the truth, and what? The life. So as he was doing that, the Bible says he gave gifts unto men. So he gave and released spiritual gifting unto men. There's motivational gifts, there's administrational gifts, there's all kinds of gifts. And it says, verse 9, what does it mean that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He went to hell. So you and I don't have to go? Aren't you glad of that? Then he who descended is also the one who ascended far above the heavens that he might fulfill all things. Verse 11. And he gave, he himself gave, some to be apostles. Everybody say apostles. Some to be prophets. Everybody say prophets. Some to be evangelists. Some to be pastors and teachers. That's where we get the five-fold ministry call. Five-fold ministry gift. Now notice in order of how the Apostle Paul listed them. First are apostles. First are apostles. And I I want to read to you today some definitions because I I grew up in church, but I never really heard much about the Apostle. The Apostle Paul. I never heard teachings on what the Apostle's function was. I never heard instruction on how Apostle lived their life. I never heard an instruction of what the Apostle did. And listen to this definition of an apostle. The five main leadership roles in the church of Jesus Christ is broken down to all are gifted 
And there's different levels of gifting according to grace. And here's, here's some brief definitions of these fivefold calls. The apostle, one who is sent forth to pioneer and establish new works and new leaders. An apostle will be able to see leadership in someone that can't see it in themselves. Let me read it again to you. The apostle is one who's sent forth to pioneer. Pioneer. Just remember this. They might not always do it the best, but they'll be the first one there. They'll be the first one there. The people coming behind them will clean up the imperfections, clean up maybe the lack of um, excellence or whatever. But, I mean, they'll get it done. How many know somebody in your life right now, if you need them to get something done, they'll get it done? It might not be the prettiest thing. They'll show up at 3 o'clock in the morning. They'll get it done because they have an apostleship-type gifting. So the apostle is one who is sent forth to pioneer and establish new works and new leaders. Now the prophet, which again, the only prophets I remembered was a couple old prophets in the Bible, and when they called Oral Roberts a prophet, I grew up. I didn't know anything about the prophet. I thought they went away. You're probably like me. You've heard more about the pastor, more about the evangelist, and more about the teacher than the other two. I believe we've been operating as a hand with two fingers folded back and not released. And it's hard to pick up. I got a good friend that lost his thumb. He's passed on now to heaven. He lost his thumb. And he run bulldozers. And he said, I'm telling you, it's hard without a thumb. You know, maybe you're a thumb. You know? Sometimes we, we want to compare giftings. And, 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 but he said it's very hard. It takes the whole hand the whole hand, the four fingers, and the thumb to grasp correctly, to hold correctly, to, to demonstrate. So the prophet, listen to this, one who speaks forth God's word to inspire, to correct, and motivate. They're going to speak God's word ahead to prophet. The prophet's going to speak something to motivate you, to correct you, to love you, to inspire you to do what God's called you to do. And many times the prophet will declare and the apostle will come behind and establish. Many times the prophet is the one who drives a stake in the ground with their, with their declaration, with their word, and, and the apostle comes behind. And then it says the evangelist is one who shares Christ with others, outsides, outsiders, sees them be born again, trains others to do the same thing. Many times healing anointings with evangelists. The pastors, that's the most recognizable one, why? For every one of these others, we have hundreds of pastors because the pastors are keepers of the local house. And it says the pastors are the ones who shepherds, guides, and guards God's people as they grow and serve. And the teacher is one who trains God's people in truth and teaches others to do so. They're, they're the ones who equip. Now, let's go on and read this as we close this morning. It says these fivefold are given, verse 12, for the equipping of the saints. Equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So there, if we haven't understood in depth what the apostle, the gift of the apostle, and the gift of the prophet is, I probably will be correct in estimating that we're not completely able to be made whole as believers. We're lacking some something. Could be we're lacking some something. How many would agree with that? Amen. That's why in school you have different teachers because they have different giftings 
and different abilities to impart different things to you and me. And it says, till we all come to the unity of faith, verse 13, and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the statue of the fullness of God. So God wants us to grow up. And it's going to take the fivefold gifting released accordingly in the body of Christ. So that's why I said full circle. See, the church began with apostles and prophets. Matter of fact, if I remember correctly, and you, you can correct me if you look it up, I think pastors only use two or three times the word in the New Testament. I think apostles used 82 times. Now think about that. Two times versus 82 times of the, the illumination of that gifting. So again as the hand, and we can use our four fingers and thumb together in unison, and this is all about leadership roles and developing unity, that we can grow and mature. Verse 14, why should we be no longer be as children? What's children do? They snatch, they fight, they fuss, they complain. They don't want to obey. What's children do? They get in the way. They touch the hot stove. What do we do as children? And it says, as children tossed to and fro and carried by every wind of doctrine. I'm telling you, you got a baby, they're easy to toss. When you got a baby, they're easy to toss. But when you, when you, you try to toss me, you need some help being a tosser. I'm not going to toss well. Because I'm physically mature. I'm, I'm capital M mature. But it says, when we understand this and grow in this, it says, we won't be carried away, look at verse 14, by every wind of doctrine. Here's a wind of doctrine. Well, we're all going to see God's just many pathways and many ways. That's not true. How many say amen? If you, lo- if you believe in Allah, you're going to get to heaven too. No, Allah's not in heaven. There is no Allah. No, there's not. Well, if you do this and you do that and the eight steps of this, you'll get to heaven. No, you won't get to heaven. You'll be a frustrated person in hell. And we need to be lovingly bold with people and tell them there is one way, one door, one gate, and there's no way. Jesus said anybody else is a thief trying to get in. He's just trying to help people. And it says, By every wind of doctrine, trickery of men, and the cunning craftiness, deceitful um, plotting, but speaking the truth in what? Love. I believe we're going to be able to speak the truth in love in even a greater degree, understanding the position and the purpose of the apostle and the prophet also. And understanding their gifts in the body of Christ. And understanding their purpose and place. And it says, we'll grow up into all things unto him who's the head, Jesus. That's our ambition, to grow up unto be as Jesus, as like Jesus. From whom the whole body is joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. So now we're coming back to this, coming back together again. We're coming back to communication, connection, doing things together, growing together, crying together, loving together, the seasons of life. And by being effective, working by which every part does its share, which will cause growth in the body. Every part doing its share, which causes growth of the body and the edifying of itself in love. How many grew up with siblings and you had chores? How many had siblings that tried to get out of chores? Would let you do your chores and their chores. How many knows it's frustrating when you have to do your siblings' chores because they're hiding or being deceptive? How about they don't know their chore? How about my people perish for lack of what? How about when we understand who we are and what we have and we understand the fivefold gifting and complete clarity 
that we understand their gifts and impartations so we can grow up and be mature so we won't be tossed around as children by every wind of doctrine and won't be moved easily by any sleight of hand or deception of the enemy so we can prove how good God is and grow up into his headship because I want to tell you something about our headship and our king. He's not moved. Our God is not moved by anything. Our God is a rock. Our God is a lamb. Our God is a lion. He's not moved. He's not moved by what CNN says or Fox says or Wall Street says. He's not moved by President Ching of China. He ain't moved. And he's our rock in which we draw water out of. And the water is the word ministered by the Spirit. And he's not moved. So if he's the head and he's not moved and we grow up into maturity of some level of love and unity, we're not going to be easily moved. So when fear tries to raise its head up, we know it's a lie from hell, and we, we speak to that fear in Jesus' name. And we've been given a spirit of fear, but of what? Power, love, and a what? Sound mind. And isn't it amazing how things go back? Because when the church started, it started with apostles and prophets. And the last couple hundred years, we haven't even heard of, are there apostles and are there prophets? But they're there. But they've been kind of pushed aside, kind of left behind, and in my case, I had developed a subliminal fear of both. Because if they're prophets or the apostles, they're out there, and you got to watch them, and they're prophesying things that ain't true. I want to tell you something. Prophecy is like playing baseball. You're not always going to hit it. It's a practicing sport. And you're going to have to learn how to trust God. And when you and I miss it, we get up and dust ourselves off. How many say amen? And trust in the five-fold ministry gifts of what God has given unto us. So I'm encouraging this coming year in 2020 that you open up and with the capacity of your heart to you know, the prophetic gifts, the prophets, to the apostolic gifts, and, and to those gifts working together with the pastor, the teacher, and the evangelist. How many say amen? amen. And I want to tell you something. We've got them amongst us right now. After 34 years, I, I'm admitting now that I am an apostolic pastor. That's why when sometimes pastor just keeps, you know, he start churches, we start this with it, and I look around, it's because it's in me. I'll never take my eye completely off of you, but I'm always looking for opportunity to pioneer, to establish, to go in places that's been left for dead. That's in me. God put that in me. I thought I was weird. I thought I was weird as a pastor. I didn't want to hang out at hospitals. The only reason I ever want to hang out at hospitals if I had a medical degree and they paid me. How many say Amen. I love sick folk. I want to help them, but I'm telling you, just after three rooms in there and I'm wobbling like a duck, amen. It's just not a gift. I'll pray for you and help you and believe in faith, but three big, three big, you know, in-breasts, I'm ready to lay on the bed beside somebody. But I'll tell you what, when I go into a town and I don't sense a spiritual strength in that town, I don't sense a church that's taking the power and the life and the love of Jesus Christ to the people. When I see something broken or left abandoned, it just stirs me. It stirs me. When I go into a town, I've laughed over the years and, and, said, and said, you know, I'm looking for a steakhouse and an empty house. I'm looking for a dollar store that's been left behind. I'm looking for somewhere so we could establish something, so we could plant something, so we could place a pastor in there, so we could get something started and put a stick in the ground and light a fire and say, Jesus is Lord over this town. And There's going to be change coming to your house and the government's house. There's going to be change to the school system. There's going to be changes. You're going to have coaches that's not going to cuss your kids. They're going to pray over your kids as they instruct them how to play basketball or soccer or football or golf. 
You're going to have teachers who come up and not be ashamed to pray and lay their hands on their heads in Jesus' name in the schoolhouse that we're paying for with our taxes. Amen. That's what stirs me up. That's what stirs me up. So don't ever think I don't love you. And the devil tells you, well, he doesn't love you. know, he's so scattered. There's enough for me to go around. But I'm becoming more refined and defined in my latter years. And I'm telling you what, I'm not going to swing at every pitch. And I'm going to focus on my window and my gift set. And I'm going to do and be everything God's called us to be and do. Brooke and I, but I'm, I'm just admitting there's an apostolic gift in me. It took me all these years to discern it and admit it. I wouldn't admit it, I knew it. I am a pastor. I believe a pastor this whole region. I believe, we, I believe, I believe the size of our congregation in, in this arena is about 10,000 people. We just about have 500 committed, though. I do believe that. That's in me. I just believe, you know. Because I have a community pull and a draw. But inside that is that apostolic, evangelistic, get people saved. Just get, you go to a Waffle House and see them all saved and go in the back and wash them with a garden hose. How many say amen? Amen. I just, that just get people set. But I'm not, I got to hand it off to people who manage and develop and disciple better. Because, you know, I, like Dad always said, you get excited about hauling the cattle or the pigs to town. I said, oh, we're at the finish line. I love them. Open the gate. They don't know they're going to die. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited about our future. Amen. I want you to tell everybody you know that we're, we're on our track and, and we haven't veered. I want you to tell everybody to know that Jesus is Lord and the head of this church. I want you to tell everybody that the Holy Spirit is empowering us. I want you to tell everybody we're going to be reintroduced to the, the person and the power and the, and the grace of the Holy Spirit. I want you to tell everybody that we're going to have a, a, the full, full, full dimension of the fivefold ministry gifts. And I, I want you to tell everybody that it's not going to be like you think it's going to be. What we did in the 80s, what we did in the 90s, how we followed God in the 2000s, there will be elements of truth in that, but I'm telling you, God's doing some new things. And I don't want to miss them. He's doing some new things. The church is going to put wheels under it. And we're going to go out there. And, we're going to, and the weekend's going to be a time of refreshing and testimonies of who got saved and healed and who come, whose marriage got helped. And we'll come back and we're going to come in here and celebrate. We're going to hug on each other and we're going to go eat and we're going to have a good time. And we're going to just, just celebrate the goodness of God. Amen. How many can believe with that? Yeah. And how many can believe that this, this water and wherever we baptize just gets to a point it's momentous and, and continual and people Amen. getting saved. But then right after that, we, we have to help them along the track of discipleship of next steps. Right after next steps, small groups and revive. And, and basically when they come out of this, you know what? In probably an 18-month period of time, 12 to 18-month period of time, when they come out of this, according to Scripture, they should be ready to lead themselves a group, a small group. That's where expansion comes. That's where multiplication comes. That's where we're moving from adding to the church to multiplying. And you say, where are, where are your all locations? Well, actually, everywhere our people go back to their homes and where they work, but we have locations in these different places around the state. A physical building. Hey, I just encourage you to hang on and go with me. I've been believing this thing for 34 years. Amen. And you say, well, you know, Pastor Pat, you might be crazy. Be crazy with me. Amen. It's better sitting and crossing your arms and being bitter and mad and complaining about everything. How many say amen? Yeah, yeah. Let's get on the bus and go. And it starts everyone with you and I trusting what God's word says. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord.
Amen. Ms. Brooks is going to lead us in prayer. Hmm? Yeah. I forgot what I said. I'm going to make sure we're all okay with Jesus. Amen. Bow your heads, please. <laughs> Father, I just thank you today for identification and clarity. I thank you, Lord, what you start and establish. You, you not only maintain, but you prepare us for growth. And Father, I love these people. I just pray for everyone here and their families, their homes, where they live. Father, they're all going through things and going to things. And Father, I thank you today that it's just the first day of the rest of our life. And, and Father, if there's anyone here today that would doubt their position, if they're right with you, would doubt their position of assurance, or they know they're not right and they just want to leave here with confidence and grace and assurance. Or maybe you've walked away from the Lord and like I did for seven years and you just want to, you just want to get back, you just want to get back that place. I'd love to pray with you and we won't never embarrass you, but I'd love to pray with you so you leave with that assurance before we go today. If that's you today, just raise your hand and say, yeah, Pastor Pat, I want to reevaluate. Amen. Anyone else? Say, that's me today. I see that hand. Anyone else? Don't miss this day. Thank you. Anyone else? All right. Everybody look up. Let's do it together. The Word says if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, we shall be saved. The Bible also says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us as if sin never existed. So let's all do this together with those that raise their hand. Say, thank you, Father, for sending Jesus, your son, to die for me and pay my sin debt. Lord Jesus, I am sorry for my sin, my mistakes. I ask you to be into my heart, to be my Savior and Lord. I confess you as my Lord. And from this day forward, I'm going to stay with you follow you, serve you, and be a part of your church on the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or you've rededicated your life, there's a little, a little um, piece of paper. Um, what's that thing we call? Card. card, sorry. Connect card, yes. I was thinking of Hallmark movie cards. Anyway, please fill that out and put your name and email addresses and all your addresses on it so we connect with you. The next step is simply water baptism and the next steps is simply uh, defining who we are and what God says we are so you could be a part and then we'll go down through the process. But we love you. We have an obligation and a responsibility to help you grow and mature and we love you and we want to see that for you and uh, we thank God for it. But we thank you for being courageous today to pray that prayer, fill that out and we'll be connecting with you. Thank you. Thank you, Apostle Pastor Pat Butcher. How many of you recognized an apostolic anointing on your pastor? Raise your hand. How many of you recognized it already? Raise your hand up high. Let's see. How many of you knew it was already there? Well, look there. Over half the church already knew. There's a head of me. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you. Praise God. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's just pray to close the service. Amen. Father, we thank you. Your word says in Ephesians 2.20, Lord, that through the apostles and the prophets you founded the church and that Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. Lord, we thank you that you are returning us back to the days of the book of Acts, Lord, that you desire the church to be in its purest form, and that is, Lord, having apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers all in the house. 
And, Father, we thank you that it takes these five church leadership gifts to establish the church, to ground the church on an anchor of Jesus Christ, to create energy and synergy within the church, to release, Father God, gifts into the community, to guard and, and care for the flock, to establish and teach the flock. Lord, we need all, all of the fivefold ministry gifts. And, Father, we thank you so much. We are uh, just welcoming you, Lord, to just uh, help us to, to reestablish, Father God, a foundation as you meant it to be. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that you are Lord of this church and you're doing your will and your work in this church. And we just welcome you, Father. We thank you. We trust you. And we are so excited about reaching this community, reaching this state, Lord, for you and our nation, God, we are thank you for what we are doing because we are one body. We have one Lord and one spirit. And we are so excited about the future here of the Family Worship Center Network. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.